This is part one of a two-part podcast. Hi, this is Mark. There are a lot of reasons to get angry these days, but I prefer to focus on the positive things that we each can do to make this world a better place. The book, Building a Better World in Your Backyard, Instead of Being Angry at Bad Guys, is a great resource for just that. Instead of throwing my arms up in frustration at governments or big corporations, there's a list of ideas that we each can tackle to affect change. Information about this book and other resources can be found at permies.com. So Andreas is kind of our guy in charge. Oh, is it? Oh, We're live. Yay. Yep. Be alive. So, um, I, I, it's like, wow, what a, what a gathering. We've got not only several of the people that were very involved in this, but, uh, uh we've also got Peter Vandenberg. Uh, he's the batch box guy, but so he's the math guy for rocket mass heaters. Plus, Paul, we've lost you. Your sound went away. Oh. Now, now you're back. Uh, it says the host has unmuted the mic. So, damn it, Andreas, what the hell? <laughs> so, I guess he was shutting me down. Okay. The, the thing I'm trying to say is that not only do we have many of the people that were very involved in this build uh, here today. Yay, thanks for coming, everybody. But uh, on top of that, Peter Vandenberg is here, and I was trying to say that uh, uh, if I ever say anything that Peter doesn't agree with, Peter Peter is not bashful about expressing his difference of opinion, and uh, and and he'll and he'll want to get into it. So this is, but but I think that this is important, Peter. And when Peter and I get into it, some people have observed, and they feel like I'm bullying Peter, and I feel like I don't feel like I'm bullying Peter. I feel like he and I are having a respectful exchange, but uh, uh, I, I've always thought of it as very respectful. I, I hold Peter in extremely high regard, and I'm not trying to bully him in any way. In fact, I want him to come out here more often. So, in fact, I don't even go so far as to say I think Peter's a friend, and when Peter hurt himself, I took him to the hospital. Peter got to learn all about American healthcare. <laughs> I got to, I got the biggest lesson because uh, I paid the bill. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, he's, and Peter, you're muted. You're muted. I can't, I see your lips moving. I can't hear anything you're I saying. See. Now you, now you're not muted. What is it you were saying? Okay. What, what I want to say is the American healthcare is about 10 times as costly as the uh, the healthcare in the Netherlands. I I believe it. I that that's that's easy to believe. Um, yeah. Uh, but okay, <clears throat> let's let's go today's whatever this is. Is it, this is a kind of a podcast? It's kind of a video thing. It's we're trying out some of our fancy new video gear, um, and uh, whatever this thing is, um, the the thing I want to focus on is. The library build, and um, the and it's not even a build; it's it's an overhaul. So, uh, uh, over a little over a year ago, we we uh, kind of took apart uh, some of the the rocket mass heater in the library, and uh, we implemented a lot of changes. And I I am. Um, First of all, I want to say that, uh, you know, I'm going to say 
A rocket mass heater will heat your home with one-tenth the wood. And different rocket mass heater people might have a different number there. Um, and uh, I think uh, I, I think some of the rocket mass heater people give me the stink eye when I say it because they think my numbers are a little too ambitious. And I've had some people who built rocket mass heaters who switched from an old-school wood stove to a rocket mass heater express that um, – one-tenth is not ambitious enough for their experience. So they're, they're experiencing better than one-tenth. One they're, they're heating their home with less than one-tenth of the wood. Uh, I'd love to talk about that a lot, but I, I, I want to say that um, despite that, and, and even though we're getting way better than that, we're doing, we're doing one-tenth the wood or better, uh, I, I want to say... I am obsessed with getting even better still, which I think from a political standpoint or from a marketing standpoint is really dumb. I think that more people will enjoy rocket mass heaters or believe it. Uh, Mud, Mud keeps telling me to say a rocket mass heater heats your home with less than half the wood. He wants me to say that, which is true. But I am such an engineer, and I am, I don't know, I'm stuck on one-tenth. Okay. I think we've done a very good job of optimizing the burn. And when we optimize the burn, one way of being able to show that optimization is about how little heat is going outside combined with how complete the burn is. And so rather than trying to do an inefficient burn at night, we do a very efficient burn through the day. And then uh, – so that part is doing very good. But but now with this, what we're talking about today, it's going to be about efficiency when there is not a fire. That's going to be our focus for today. Now, I want to go over some quick notes before we jump into the particulars of this particular uh, overhaul that we did. This was October 2022, and forgive me while I touch on something political for just a moment, and that is that just before this event started, there was a war in Europe uh, such that people of Europe weren't going to be getting natural gas from Russia, and uh, and that because of that, natural gas was going to become very scarce, and so... Uh, um, there was even some predictions that the cost to heat your home with natural gas was going to become $20,000 per month to heat your home with natural gas. Um, and uh, so we got this idea here of like, let's do a simple build and we'll video it and then we'll put it up on YouTube and show it to everybody so they can see how to make a quick and simple build so that they'll be able to have, so they'll be able to be warm uh, instead of paying $20,000 a month for heat. Um, now, I know that I uh, went on to Reddit and I tried to talk about this. And um, shortly afterwards, shortly after we did this event, and um, 
uh, in the first hour, interest was big. People were very excited about Rocket Mass Eaters. The questions were good. And, um, this was rather fun. And, uh, then the, uh, corporate trolls and their bot army found me and everything was obliterated. And it's like, well, why? Who's, who's going to, Who's paying for this bot army and these corporate trolls? And then it became clear about a week and a half later. Um, uh, apparently several large tankers from the United States full of natural gas arrived in Europe and Europe paid 10 times the going rate for these, this American natural gas and they uh, decided to subsidize the natural gas with tax monies. So that way the public just keeps paying the same thing. Anyway, uh, uh, I th- I thought we were doing a very cool thing. Okay, all right. Um, so there's where the big money was. So we did this kind of event. This uh, I I thought of it as a peasant workshop. Um, there were a lot of people who were there to to lead that were not paid, and there were uh, some people there who had some skills that didn't pay to be there. Uh, we did uh, hire a cook so people could eat. Um, anyway, it was a peasant workshop. Uh, and uh, we had, I don't know, I think about a dozen people here, something like that, maybe less than a dozen. Um, and uh, uh, all of whenever we do the peasant workshop stuff, it's free or cheap. Uh, I think we did sell like three or four tickets for something like $400 or something a very low, low price. Um, and then, uh, and then all of the booths in the boot camp joined in and, uh, and we had three, three builds and this was one of the three. And Isaac ran point, uh, at the beginning and, uh, uh, and then, um, uh, Elliot kind of took the last day with Alex, uh, something like that. Am I, am I re- recalling this correctly, everybody? Isaac, Alex? Yeah, I think that's correct, Paul. Okay. All right. All right. Or close enough. Everybody's getting credit. So uh, I've just got a text from Stephen saying, could someone please send him the meeting link? And so if, if anybody's got that, that would be, be handy. Okay. Um, let's see. Ah! Um, now I, I I just want to talk for a moment because because part of what happened is 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 that for all three builds, none of them were done when the event was over, and then uh, uh, in fact you know you'd think like oh well they'll all be wrapped up in the next couple of days by the boot camp and it's like but the boot camp only had a couple had a few people in it, it wasn't very many it was like I think four or five people in the boot camp right then. And, and of course, there's all kinds of other projects that boot camp works on. And in the end, these projects didn't get finished for a year. So it took a year until the projects were all, were all three, all, all done. And then we could get the last little bits of video. Now, uh, another thing is, is that we, we said a thing, uh, to, we asked everybody to take lots and lots of video. And uh, we tried to keep all of the things that we were doing pretty simple uh, because we, we were thinking we're going to save Europe. 
And, uh, uh, and so there was, yeah, yeah, Peter's over there cackling because it's like a bunch of Americans yeah. think they're going to help Europe. So uh, anyway, um, uh, that we thought so we so people did they they put a lot of effort into taking video and and it's like the idea is we're going to put this all up on YouTube for free and um it took a long time to get them done and then we needed the last bits of video and uh but but I think we finally got the last bits of video in and and then it's kind of like okay now we need to do the editing and uh Andreas is uh going into the editing and it's kind of like okay well how do we pay for the editing that's that's going to be done? And uh, um, and there's still some stuff to be still some some work to be done. We need to record a little bit more. We need to come up with our intro and and things of that nature. And there's there's still some stuff to be done. But <clears throat> um, in order to figure this all out, we we want to be respectful to the people that did the recording. And I think we came up with a solution. And if anybody objects, now is a great time to say something. Uh, and it kind of goes like this. Um, we will put all the video up. Well, we will put uh, tight versions up on YouTube. So we originally thought that, that the three builds we broken down into 12 YouTube bits. And so we will put up 12 YouTube bits. And then we'll have an extended version of the whole thing available for sale on Permies. And and uh, if anybody objects, now is a great time to say something. But, you know, hopefully by selling this, this will be a way that we can pay for the editing. And so if any, I, I think we came up with a nice solution. So we're still going to get it up on YouTube, and it will all be there. Um, but it will be the, you know, the tight version. Um, so the extended version will be available on um, for sale. Okay. Um uh, let's see. All of my designs here. Oh, for all the things that we do here, uh, is, is for the boot camp. Uh, for, and, and we're kind of designed for there to be more than a dozen people in the boot camp. And so when we're less than a dozen, then everything kind of moves very slowly. Um, but the boot camp has been low on boots the last couple of years, so everything is slow. Uh, we used to have ringers stopping by several times a year. Like Ernie and Erica would stop by a good three times a year. And we had a, a whole bunch of other people. Thomas Elpole would stop by a lot. He's going to be here for the Garden Master Course, which is next week. Uh, but, of course, Helen Attow would stop by several times a year. We had all kinds of people who are just, you know, permaculture bigs coming through. Uh, they would stop and help and do stuff and show, demonstrate, whatever. Uh, and then we'd have people that are cooks that would stop by and whip up feasts for the boots. That's always fun. And then we'd had uh, a lot of seppers stop by, people who would rent a cabin and they had skills and they would hang out for a couple of weeks and help out. Um, so uh, th- these are the things that we're, we're hoping to expand on, but but it is what it is. So that makes it's, it's made this whole thing happen much, much slower than we'd hoped for. When there's not many people in the boot camp, everything kind of goes a lot slower. Um, all right. The movie is going to be called Freaky Cheap Heat. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, all right. That's all of my notes from there. Then, okay. Andreas, do you have that? That that uh, that pit. I'm gonna I'm gonna basically so 
So I posted about this immediately after the event, about all the things that we did in the library, because I think it's so important. And uh, and I and also uh, I got to look at at all of the video that we took of this build, uh, edited down into something uh, about uh, 30 minutes long, maybe a little, maybe 40 minutes long that uh, Andreas put together with all the video that people took. Um, and uh, uh, I I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's it's very very fun. And uh, and of course we've shared a, at least one piece of this build already when we were doing the Kickstarter for the Low Tech Laboratory Movie Two, and uh, so um, all right, all right. And then when I posted this, then Peter replied, and and he he made some comments. But but what I want to do is I want to talk about. The things, the modifications that we made. Uh, first of all, I want to say we took out the guillotine. And uh, uh, so basically what we had was a physical plug in the ceiling. Oh, there. Look, Andreas has got it up. You can see it. This physical plug that uh, we have uh, uh, right up at the ceiling. So when we're all done and and the burn is all done, we can plug that. And uh, that way, it it makes sure that it's not drawing air from the room into the wood feed throughout the entire system, including throughout the mass and taking that heat outside, thus slowly cooling the mass. And so it's a physical plug. And we found that there were, uh, well, one... One giant problem with a part A and a part B. And uh, I understand somebody took this thing I'm about to say, and they uh, they say that this is, oh, it's Alan Booker says that, that it's like the Paul Wheaton axiom or something. I, I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to say the thing, and it goes like this. Whenever you design a system to, de- to depend on human discipline, that is your failure point. And so in order for this plug to work, then when the burn is done, you need to activate the plug. You need to plug the plug. <laughs> and and so if you don't remember to do that, then you haven't gained anything by having it there. And so what we learned was is that three-quarters of the time, people would forget to plug the plug. And so it wouldn't, it wouldn't do the thing it was designed to do. But even worse <laughs> is if somebody remembered to activate the plug, but then they forgot when they started the fire. Now, a rocket mass heater will run perfectly for about two minutes <laughs> before uh, it it. It, uh, the, it, it defines the plug, or the plug overwhelms it, and then the system starts backing up and it starts coming smoke in the room. <clears throat> so a lot of people, they'll start the fire, and it's like it starts crackling and everything's going great. And they're like, oh, good, I'm all done. I'm going to go over to this other building and do this other thing, and I'll come back and put some, some more firewood in in about 20 minutes, half an hour, something like that. And then they'll come back and the building's full of smoke because 
the plug is still plugged. And it's like that's that is having that happen even one time is absolutely unacceptable. And so it's like this this thing, this plug, it, it's like everybody is certain that they have perfect human discipline until they are proven that they don't. <laughs> and so uh, we took this out. This is this is absolutely unacceptable. However, the idea is very good. Now let's set the idea aside. There was a second experiment in this. Well, actually, two more experiments in this that we also removed. Um, I think one of them had already been removed. The the outdoor air intake we'd already removed that. But yeah, this one here is the bypass. Now, um, fascinating thing about the bypass. So the the idea of the bypass is is um, to have the exhaust coming out of the manifold, and then uh, you can either choose to have it go the normal way, which was a ducting loop-de-loop to heat the mass, and then up and out the vertical exhaust, or you could activate the bypass, which would bypass the mass, and then the exhaust would go straight out the vertical exhaust. So, fascinating thing. The idea was that if you activate the bypass when you're starting the rocket mass heater, then you're going to get uh, a much stronger draw when you're starting it. And then when you deactivate the bypass, then it's going to go through the mass, which has got a longer path to go through. But by then, the vertical exhaust is already warmed up. The fire is already pushing hard. Everything will work great. Um, I think that that is true, that the desired effect was totally true. But I don't know. It might have helped like 8%. It wasn't enough to be worth it. But we we discovered another benefit that was pretty fascinating, and that was that when the fire is down to just coals, you could activate the bypass, and then if uh, it starts pulling air through the system, then it doesn't pull it from the mass. It just pulls it from the firebox. <clears throat> So in a way, it adds a little bit of efficiency to the overall system. Maybe, maybe 10% efficiency. Something like that. Which, you know, still that's something and that is a fascinating and interesting. But, once again, in order for it to work correctly, it depends on human discipline. And so, um, uh, Basically, if anybody ever happened to activate the bypass at some point, they would generally forget. And then when the fire would go out, the building would get cold really fast because the the mass hadn't been charged. And it's like, oh, right, it's because I forgot about the bypass. And so there's there was that. So um, the... The upsides did not outweigh the downsides. So during this rebuild, <clears throat> we took that out. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, uh, 
so those were two experiments and I I gotta say I don't recommend a, a bypass ever uh, and we had a really excellent bypass here too it was a very well made bypass um, but I I think that if you're ever trying to design a system and you're trying to design in a bypass, I don't know, I would put a red flag in it. Like, that's probably not a good idea. But uh, people still do it. Uh, but I think I would discourage the use of a bypass. I know we're not going to use any more bypasses here. I can't think of a reason to ever have one um, where where the upsides will outweigh the downsides. Uh, Peter, you know, you probably get no. a lot of people wanting to put in bypasses. Do you ever do bypasses anymore? No. Yeah, I, I think that it's really and uh and and I think that uh now the <clears throat> the next thing we did that is a big part of this improvement of this system overhaul is uh we took out the duct which was in a loop de loop and we put in uh a stratification chamber. It's a two barrel stratification chamber. And, uh, and this is the, the idea is to keep more heat in the system and also to have the, uh, the, only the cooler gases go out the exhaust. Now. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Yeah. Whole barrels? Yeah, whole oh. barrels. No half barrels. No half barrels. Oh, okay. okay, I see. This I see. is a very tall mass. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to have anybody sitting on this. It's too tall to sit on. I mean, people have sat on it, but it's like, it's a very tall mass. So yeah, two, two whole barrels. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm sure Isaac is still here. Uh, but uh, I think those were welded together. Is that correct? Those two barrels? I think it looks like Isaac, you're muted. Can, is, I don't know if you unmute or if Andreas has to unmute you. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Yeah, I believe you're right. I think we, uh, I remember we welded those together um, to create one massive barrel. Okay. And so that's going to be one giant stratification chamber. Now, what, I've, what I'm trying to do here is, like, think about it this way. The, the idea of that physical plug is a good idea like just in your head <clears throat> but but because of the human discipline factor it becomes a dumb idea so it's kind of like alright well how do we make a plug in the system that's relatively passive so now a, a, a thing that I think is, is really delightful for a JTube system is that a lot of times when the fire is completely out, you just move the bricks over the J-tube, and that's a pretty good plug right there. Uh, it's not perfect. It's a leaky plug. Um, although uh, here inside of the uh, Fisher-Price house, uh, somebody made a plug for uh, for this that's working very well. It's a very good, very thorough plug. So the great thing about putting bricks over the wood feed, like there you can see uh, bricks sitting next to the wood feed, but when the fire's completely out and putting the bricks over the wood feed is um, uh, it's, it's 
a good a good plug. But the great thing is, is that when you go to start the fire the next day, you're going to always move the bricks aside. It's not like you're going to try and shove sticks into the wood feed while the bricks are in the way. In order to get the sticks in there, you gotta, or even to put the paper in there, you gotta move the bricks out of the way. So this is kind of a, it, it's working with human beings. It's working with uh, the the way that all this stuff kind of has to be done. That's the thing I really like about it. Now, hope I can I can I can feel Peter talking about wanting to say something about batch box systems and and being able to plug those. But but let's let's circle back to that a little later. The the thing is, is that it's like, all right, how do we get the efficiency of the physical plug like we had with the guillotine, but passively, something that's done automatically? Now, uh, you know, when we start talking about this, a lot of people get ideas about, like, different kinds of electronic mechanisms <laughs> that open and close things depending on different scenarios. Like when you move the brick, it activates this detector, which then triggers a, a the plug to open or something like that. And it's like, I think those have a, those, those got failure written all over them. So it's kind of like, uh, all right, what can we do to kind of plug things? Now, a fascinating thing to keep in mind is that, uh, your J-tube style rocket mass heater has a riser and a barrel over the riser. And hot gases are kind of like upside down water and plumbing. So the hot gases want to rise. And so when the fire is out, but there's still heat in the system, the heat tends to rise up into the barrel above the riser, and it doesn't want to come down. So, in a way, we call this a P-trap effect, but the, but the hot air gets stuck. It's, it's sort of plugged, sort of, kind of, a little bit. Not exactly, not entirely, but pretty much, kind of. It's a plug. It's a... Uh, naturally occurring plug. So as long as there is warm air in the system, warm and cold air in the system, it wants to stratify and it wants to kind of not move, stop moving. It's a kind of a plug. Now when we do a stratification chamber, it sort of does a similar sort of a thing. So you've got a a big tank, you've got a big tank, and then you've got your exhaust coming down inside the tank, going down near the bottom. So now the hot gases are stuck near the top of the tank, and the cooler gases are at the bottom. But the cooler gases have to be warm enough in order to be able to go up the vertical exhaust. And they might not be. And so the warmer those vertical gases are, the stronger the draw will be to go up the vertical exhaust, the stronger the thermosiphon. Now, um, by introducing this stratification chamber, <coughs> then we've introduced uh, something that's a bit of a passive plug to the system. So we already had one passive plug, which was inside the barrel. Now we have a new passive plug, which is inside the stratification chamber. 
Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Have you seen the new video of Wheatland Labs? It is permaculture awesomeness with all new and improved things like more rocket mass heaters, easy bake coffin, Willy Wonka, rocket cooktop 2.0, and the truly passive greenhouse. To see more, go to permies.com slash tour. Again, that is permies.com slash tour. But wait. There's one more, and this is something that uh, Peter and I talked about the last time he was here, and I, I said something about what if I took an 8-inch rocket mass heater and I put a 4-inch vertical exhaust on it, you know, then while the fire was running, would that work? And he and I talked about it for about 15 minutes, and in the end, he believed it would I was convinced it would, and then we tried it out here uh, during our last Rocket Mass Heater Jamboree a little more than two years ago, and it did not go well. Um, there was too much laminar flow, and so there's too much friction in the system. Uh, but we did we switched to six inch, so we had an eight inch system with a six inch vertical exhaust, and that system worked pretty good. And so this is kind of our new standard now. So what we did was is that there was an 8-inch exhaust on this rocket mass heater, and we switched it out to a 6-inch vertical exhaust. Now, when the gases are cool, they don't really want to move through that 6-inch very well, whereas when the gases were cool, they were pretty happy to move through that 8-inch vertical exhaust. So what we want is when the system is cool, we want to plug the system as much as we can. And so um, we we switched out to this 6-inch system, the 6-inch vertical exhaust. And then the other thing that we did is we moved the 6-inch vertical exhaust right next to the barrel. We call this kiss the barrel. And uh, the idea is that when there is a fire going, then the heat from the barrel will heat that vertical exhaust, thus improving the thermosiphon that's happening inside that vertical exhaust. So we have a stronger draw when we have a fire, and we have a very plugged draw when we don't have a fire. This is the design. Um, I think... I don't know if we put enough mileage in it. Now, Steven's here. Steven's been using it a lot. Steven, did you use the old system much before you used the the new system? Uh, I had a little practice with the old system, but uh, after the Rocket Mass Heater Workshop, uh, it's, it seems to have worked much, much, much better. I also never had a chance to use the guillotine before it was removed or the bypass before it was removed. I've only okay. seen the parts to it. So. Okay. All right. I think another big thing, you know, it's, it's, I, I think the thing I want to do is explore the idea of like, uh, you know, is it holding heat better? Is it, is it radiating heat better long term? However, there's a bit of a of a a problem in asking for that kind of analysis. In that, um, like when you watch the video, 
as we're making these modifications, you'll when the camera goes up to the ceiling, you'll notice that there is no ceiling. So basically, uh, there was there were some bats of insulation that you could see, but they didn't always meet, and so there was a, it was a very leaky ceiling um, because what's above that insulation is open to the outdoors, and so it's like uh, and then. Now we have a ceiling in there, so it's kind of like and we can see it, like in the background of uh, where Stephen is right now, kind of above Stephen's head. You can kind of see that there's a ceiling in there now. What a what a thing! What an idea! A ceiling, <laughs> and so that is probably making the the whole rocket mass heater about three times more efficient right there. Um. The key is, is that uh, I don't think we have a really great way of being able to measure how effective all these plugs are being. All right. I've now dumped a bunch of things. Um, but at the same time, Isaac, you were the one that was in charge of this build. Uh, before I go on to any of my other notes, um, this is a great time for you to talk about the build that you were in charge of. Now you did skip out on us on the last day, and you, yeah. you, you which is fair. I mean, I believe your pay for this was zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then there was that. And uh, uh, but Elliot stepped up and he he took it over. In fact, it was it was Elliot and Alex working together to kind of keep the the ball rolling on this. But, uh, Isaac, now is a good time for you to say your bit about this build. Uh, well, I, the only thing I can talk about is kind of what we did. Uh, because I didn't get to experience, you know, being la- leaving, I didn't really get to see the results of it. We have to ask Stephen more for that. But, uh, uh, it was, it was pretty, you know, we just, turned this system a lot it was it's a lot more simple after we got done with it we took that barrel we welded it together um we laid that in the existing uh wood structure and then out of our burn chamber and our uh barrel for the the riser we had a just so people understand we had another piece of uh uh, pipe of uh, eight inch pipe that went to the very end of that barrel. And that's so that people know that, that the, the gases weren't just going into the stratification chamber and then going right out the, right out the uh, exhaust, which are right next to each other. The hot gases were going to the very end there and then making their way to the, to the juice box and out to the uh, uh, exhaust. So I think that's, uh, so people know that that's uh, pretty good as far as as far as the design. Uh, what else? That kiss the barrel idea worked pretty good uh, on the build we did before that. What's the other room there, Paul? Uh, the solarium. You, yeah, the solarium seemed to work very good there, huh? Have you seen your starring role in that movie? Have you have you been able to look at yourself? You know, prancing and dancing in that in that movie, building that have, solarium build. I haven't. I had a lot of fun with it. In fact, I was just looking at some uh, some of the diagrams and whatnot you had for that, and I think it's pretty cool. That was a pretty fun build. 
anyways, that, that, that kiss the barrel, I think worked so well that we, we tried to get it as close as we could to implement it for, for this, uh, fixing the library build. And I think that, I think that helps a lot. Uh, like I said, we'll have to ask Stephen how the results are because that's the one unfortunate thing of being there and building it is not being there every day to be able to see how, how good or how bad it runs, you know? Right. Um, I think that, uh, I think, I think that immediately after Elliot's, Elliot and Alex were done, that, uh, when people would go to burn it and, and fire it up, it worked better than before because it was a little picky and snotty before. Um, it worked quite good, but I mean, like the one that's inside the Fisher Price house is dreamy. Oh, such a strong draw every time. It's like, uh, it's, so then suddenly everything else kind of gets compared to that. Um, I've, I've been to some other sites where they have rocket mass heaters and I kind of feel like ours are generally way better than, than the ones at these other sites. As in, as in, as in, I'm just curious. As in a stronger draw or? Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, a stronger draw makes all the difference. And, uh, yeah. uh, and, and I've, I've had, I've been to places where people are like, oh, Paul Wheaton, come and look at my rocket mass heater. It's so great. I love it so much. And I kind of feel like it has a weak draw. And, uh, I, you know, and I kind of feel a little snotty myself. Like, <laughs> Your draw is kind of weak, you know. And uh, so then the one in the library, uh, it had a pretty good draw, but not as good as the Fisher-Price house. And I think that was part of what we wanted is like, okay, how do we make it plug when there is no fire, but have a stronger draw when there is a fire? Yeah. And, and, uh, and you and Elliot and Alex put a lot of work and into that. And then when we were burning it after the event, so after everybody had left, it did seem like it was better, but I think a lot of us were still feeling a little snotty because the one in the Fisher Price house is still better, like a lot better. And mm. it's like so uh um I Elliot was here this last fall and I believe it was a suggestion from Fred to uh, extend the um, uh, the vertical exhaust over the roof. And uh, <clears throat> once that went in, the draw got much stronger. But uh, Elliot, Elliot and Alex, I know that you guys made a bunch of changes uh, after Isaac left to get a stronger draw during the burn. And uh, because there was this thing of like, you know, we want, we just want the draw to be even stronger still than what we were experiencing. Do you remember what all you did? Yeah, I remember the first thing we did was um, we increased the height of the bell over the riser. So we increased that gap. That was the first thing we did. Uh, I think that the old gap was a solid two inches. Mm-hmm. Which Yonto Evans, his whole thing was, if you do a gap of an inch and a half, that's so you could boil your 
your tea water on top of the barrel quickly. And, uh, at two inches, it's if you don't care about that, that, that water, that hot water, that boiling that water. And, uh, and so two inches kind of became a norm, but then the work of Peter, at least with, at least here, he, he's got that one down in the classroom that has like, uh, the gap above the riser is more like, I don't know, two and a half feet. <laughs> and oh, it's man. like, it's like, above oh. The, above the yard. <laughs> you're saying yard because you're really thinking a meter. Is that right? Yes. You're to, yeah. That's just about the yard. <laughs> a yard. I know. Actually, uh, there are two barrels above the riser there. And uh, the top gap between riser and top of the barrel is about a whole barrel. A little more than so, a whole barrel. A little more than one barrel high. Yeah. And it's so, I, I think that what we were thinking was, well, when there's a fire, we want a strong draw. And if we make that gap bigger, then we will get it, – it'll be, it'll be less of an impediment. So less friction. Yeah. And and so uh so you made that gap I believe four inches and then I I think that that did help. But we wanted yeah. even more. Yeah, I think the next uh, thing we did was we changed the contour of the juice box straw bottom. Uh I think uh, you know, Isaac, do you remember what you implemented initially? Uh I don't understand what you're asking. Sorry. So the no straw, there's a straw the vertical inside of inside of the, the double barrel. Yeah. And so, so what that, was the shape of the straw? Like what angle did you cut? The, so there's that pipe coming down. That's the vertical. Oh, yeah. The straw. And so what was the bottom of the straw like? Our hope was just where you had this barrel was the straw was naturally offset because. You also had that horizontal uh, tube or horizontal pipe going to the back of the barrel. So we had the challenge was to fit them both in the space of that barrel. And so the thought was if we can just kind of guess and cut it at the same angle as the sort of the barrel as it slopes in because it's towards the edge there, that was what we were going for. And that's what we had kind of cut it uh, for. Yeah, I think um – I think we changed, like we we did some adjustment there um, in terms of like the direction that it was angled, and then we also pulled it up and down to see uh, like at what level um, we could get a better draw without yeah. sacrificing too much um, efficiency. Yeah, I I think that uh, if I remember correctly, you moved it up several inches and you changed the angle so it would be like. Like it would pull more from the bottom, and uh, um, and then that worked. That that did make for mm -hmm. a better draw. At least that's my my memory. Yeah. And, and if I may, uh, you know, one of the things that's kind of fun about the system is you know when it's open. I mean, first of all, using the cob um, around the barrel, you know, it was easy to just create a two-inch ring of cob. 
I mean, say easy, but relatively Add a easy, bit right? More. And we just keep, you know, building it up and Alex supervised all of that lovely. And, uh, and you let that sit there and then you plunk the barrel on top of it and then you say, Oh, is that enough? And, you know, and then you're like, Hey, I think that's better. Okay. Well, if we needed to make it a little taller, we could have made it taller. If it was like, Oh, well, you know, maybe we've exceeded what we need. Well, you could scrape it off. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, and then when it came to uh, fiddling with the uh, juice box design itself, you can kind of see from the photo that's up right there is that the um, the the grave there uh, for the barrels, uh, which would then be filled with all of the pebbles and other rock, um, the, the, you know, the tall open. bench area. Yeah, the tall bench area. I think of it as a grave. It's just anyway. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you just bury it in there. For a minute. <laughs> Um, but because that's open, it was relatively easy. It wasn't super simple because it's not designed to be really adjustable. But while it's open, it was pretty straightforward to go in there and take that, that tube, the juice box, and rotate it a little bit. And I think we kind of ended up rotating it about 90 degrees so that it faced more of the, the downslope side of things. And then also just oh. lift it up and down a little bit. And then you go outside and you look at the smoke coming out and you're like, what does that look like? You know, is it should drawing better or is it drawing worse? Yeah. And should, so, should we you try know, a little higher? Go, should we go a little lower? And then we retest. And so it's a really easy system to tune in one sense because you can look at it. You don't have to have the fancy, and you can do it, but you don't have to have the fancy oxygen sensors looking at what's coming out of the exhaust and so forth. You can just look at what's coming out of the roof and go, does that look better than it looked before? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so there's a fair amount of time standing out there going, huh, uh, I think we need to do something more. And we go on in and do it and then, you know, throw some more wood in and like, hmm, that looks better. All right. And then, you know, continue on. So it, it's, a, yeah. it's a nice low tech and responsive system in that way. Yeah. But, you know, it took a little bit of time management to, uh, to end the test and allow the whole system to cool down so that we could start again in the same situation. Um, there are a few things I wanted to, that, that jogged my memory as Elliot was talking about, <laughs> um, a lot of that is a, the cob around, uh, the base of the bell. We actually found in, right now in Stephen's uh, background, you can see kind of the fire glistening. You see a bit of like this um, orange reflection. Uh, that area, we, we found that we should have removed a little extra cob because it was a little too close to the intake. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was that was a lesson learned there. Um, and then there was a point of clarification um, on the description of the exhaust from the bell, so the horizontal exhaust from the combustion to the mass area. In my in my very fancy um, sketch here, um, I noted that it went. Uh, a little, um, a little under halfway. So 40 inches, um, in the overall is 83 inches. So a little under halfway, it, it, the exhaust ended. And I'm pretty sure in order to prevent it from, you know, dropping down too much and sitting on the bottom, did we put something there, like a brick or something just to I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I okay, didn't note anything there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about, the uh from the manifold into mm-hmm. the stratification chamber, right? We're yep, talking about that's right. 
The pipe mm-hmm. sitting in there. Okay, all right. <clears throat> yeah. So the the trouble is so the, so a lot of people use the word bell, which it comes from masonry heaters, and uh, unfortunately it can mean so many different things in what we're doing. And I shouldn't even use the word barrel. There's like uh, uh, mud. Mud thinks we should use the word radiator. You know, the radiator is is this part, which is usually a barrel, but sometimes it's not. And then there's the stratification chamber. Uh, no, note it's not the bell. It's the stratification chamber. Uh, just so that we can, because vocabulary really makes a big difference about a lot of this stuff. But. Yeah, thanks, okay. I agree. All right. All right. Um, I, I think that, uh, uh, in the end, uh, the, uh, so Elliot was here and then he stuck an insulated extension onto the, uh, vertical exhaust. And that seems to have made a big difference. Um, and now it's, now it has a good, strong draw. And, and I want to just, you know, for everybody who's ever been here, if we build something and there is, like, if, if there's still, like, you go to start the fire and there's still smoke in a minute, what do we tend to do? It's like, I, okay, I'll just answer my own question. Um, open either, a window. <laughs> we're, we're either not done with this rocket mass heater or we're going to tear the whole thing out. So the red cabin, I mean, I got to say, like, that thing that um, that donkey built, the, the, I think he called it the cyclone. Uh, what a beautiful thing. Oh, it was so handsome. Uh, but... Um, we kept making modifications to it to try to get it to burn cleaner, and in the end, it's like we think we could do it, but it's going to require five more modifications. Mm. But these, but but it's just the experiments just go on and on and on and on, and we finally decided to take it out, which is very sad because it was so beautiful. But uh, there's been other things where we put them in, and we just can't get them to burn clean. So yeah, you guys were talking about going out there and staring at. The, the exhaust, and if there's smoke coming out the exhaust, it's like, that won't work. You know, we gotta, and it's like, we usually give it a minute to clear up. And, uh, which is better for a convention, than a conventional wood stove. But if there's still smoke after a minute, it's like, this is not a rocket mass heater. It is not working. And either something has to change, or we gotta take this whole design out and go with something else. So, fortunately, the the uh, one in the library now burns very clean, even cleaner than before. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Paul, if I may, and, and Andres, if you could toss up the photos of the roof chimney. Um, we just kind of ran out of time um, at the end of that particular build. And what we see there is the extension that I put on. And, yeah, there it was before. And the before one, well, boy, there are a couple of things there which one might – think are suspect. One is, boy, it's going to be hard for that thing to breathe if you get a lot of snow. Second, it's a little too low for the roof line. And so uh, generally you want to have this above the roof line so that it doesn't have weird winds swirling around it. And so we knew that was uh, the case. And then when I was there last fall, I went and found 
Um, it was a bit of a scavenger hunt, but I found one, and uh, now we can go to the after photo, Andreas. Uh, put that extension on there, and to all um, accounts, that has really improved it, um, both because it has a taller draw now, and you just get a slightly better stack effect. The air exiting just has more time to accelerate um, and move up that. And then also, it's just in a better position vis-a-vis the wind and the roof line and stuff like that. And so again, another small modification um, to the system which has improved it. Yeah, and and it, uh, another important thing is this is a six-inch exhaust on an eight-inch J-tube system, and uh, I think the draw is now stronger, probably because of the kiss the barrel, uh, and you know what the uh, the gases have a shorter path now. Um, they just stratify in the stratification chamber. So that's probably helping a bit during the burn as well. But we're getting a stronger draw with a 6-inch vertical exhaust over an 8-inch. And I like to think that the whole system is kind of plugged a bit now when there is not a fire. So I'm not – I don't really have a great way of being able to, to show that or demonstrate it, but, you know, I like to think that. Now, uh, we now have a really good plug for the Fisher-Price house uh, rocket mass heater. Maybe we need to make something similar for uh, the one in the library one of these days, and that will help to to have another plug. There's another experiment that was done uh, with all these changes, and I I wonder if anybody wants to talk about that. But we, uh, rather than what was taken out was – Pebbles and giant boulders. Uh, so the innards of a conventional pebble-style rocket mass heater. And and I gotta say, when we built this, uh, we built three pebble-style rocket mass heaters all at the same time, and these were the very first proper rocket pebble-style rocket mass heaters inside of structures uh, that weren't just temporary experimental things. And so we had a lot to learn from Pebble Style. And, and I want to say Pebble Style has turned out to be a huge success. This is just dreamy. Now there is, we, we are guessing that Pebble Style is probably about 20% less efficient than Cobb Style, than having a Cobb mass. Peter, if you were going to pick a number about Pebble Style's efficiency compared to Cobb, what would, what number would you pick? Uh, 10 to 15, I you think. But um, the, the thing with Pebbles is that um, it picks up heat not very quickly because there is space between them. Yeah. Uh, so initially, most of the heat is going to the chimney, warming up the chimney, a stronger draw, and when the um, the, uh, heat in the uh, strut chamber or the pipe or whatever it is in the bench uh, is above uh, temperature of boiling water, then it picks up heat more readily. So to start up, 
a pebble style is easier because of the ready uh, heat that's going to the chimney. The chimney is, uh, is warmed up earlier. And that's why the pebble style in the Fisher Price house is so roaring. Let's say that. So uh, it's still an eight-inch uh, chimney there, is it, Paul? Yeah, it is. It's still an eight-inch uh, vertical exhaust. Yeah, yeah and oh, yeah. Uh, and we keep talking about like it's you know we need to overhaul the one in the Fisher Price house to try to make it a little bit more efficient. Um, yeah. And and it's like the the box that it's in is bulging a little bit. Which my understanding <laughs> is is that this box was bulging a little bit. Is that true? Yeah. No, well, uh, the, the idea is that the pebbles are expanding a bit when they're getting hot. Yes? Ooh, uh, that one I don't know about. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what bricks do and what sand is doing, anything that's masonry and so on. So when it's getting hot, it expands. That's it. So the pebbles expand pushing to the sides, then shrinking again by cooling down, expanding again, so the sides are starting to bulge. Some, in, in, not in a year, but probably in five years or more. So you have to, um, to be aware of that, let's say well, that. So here you can see some pictures where uh, some steel straps were added Mm -hmm. to try to mitigate future bulging. And and, and I think that we're going to do a lot more of that with any future pebble style. I mean, uh, I think that Cobb is is about 20% more efficient. It sounds like Peter is in the 10 to 15% camp. And... um, uh, but I, but pebble style has proven to have to be a big win uh, for a lot of people. It, it brings a whole different aesthetic to the table that some people like more. Um, but uh, also a big thing that it brings is that is the ability to build it quickly. Like this is probably one third the time to build. Uh, oh, and it's so much easier if you want to make changes, which, you know, is a big part of what we're doing. A lot of. I wanted to comment on that because if we'd had to, uh, rip off all of the cob that was encasing the uh, previous ducting and then rehydrate all of it, blend it back in and pack it back in, that would have been a real chore. Um, and secondly, because we got a little eager on filling the pebbles back in before we had it properly tuned, and then Paul came and caught us, um, if we'd had to remove wet cob from the system in order to finish the tuning, that would have been even less pleasant. So overall, as a building material, the pebbles are pretty lovely, um, especially for say, an initial installation. And I could imagine that after the fact, one might want to come back and uh, cob it um, if you were really seeking that extra 10 to uh, or 15 to 20% efficiency. Um, but, boy, for, for playing around and uh, problem-solving, pebbles. Boy, yeah, that's absolutely. 
not only is it preferable to wet cob to have to disassemble or something, but um, to remove the pebbles, you use a vacuum cleaner, which makes it so easy. It's not like you're scooping it out hand by hand. The vacuum cleaner makes it even easier to work with pebbles. And to be clear, we're talking about a shop vac, which you can see in this picture here. Yes, um, not a household. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you can't get out of it with the household one. You got it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there is a, probably a fight involved in that one. <laughs> this podcast is continued in part two. Have you ever wondered whether a particular book was really good or just so-so, and if you could trust the reviews online? When it comes to books related to permaculture, Permies has a large list of reviews for over 100 books. Perhaps you're considering a book for yourself or a friend, or you're just curious about what's out there. Stop by permies.com forward slash book and take a look at the book review grid and read some honest reviews, and hopefully you'll find the next book to add to your collection.